I, I was super pumped about it that it was like in the in the works, but I can imagine that like somebody being like, "Yeah, we are uh, going to start right after COVID yeah. is done." Yeah, like, dude, I fucking get it. Like, people are like, I don't know, you know, like that. that it's going to be like time. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, like everything was weird. People were still on unemployment. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, like, it was a really weird time, and we ended up getting uh, Clay, our one of our one of our new barbers was we found him that way. Like Nick and I were just, we were working seven days a week. Yeah. We were six days in the shop. We did like whatever remaining work we needed to do on Sundays. You know, yeah. like our fucking families hated us, but like oh, we yeah. were just there because yeah. it's just like, I would rather at that point where we were at with like the like weirdness and like the schedules and how when people were coming in, I was like, I'd rather just be us. Yeah. That way we're not like, we don't have a stranger in the place. We don't have, uh, people that we don't know, like, you know, like you're super protective of it. Yeah. And we ended up fighting, like Clay found us actually. And nice. he hit us up and we were on break from painting, like some stuff that we were just doing yeah. at the shop. And it was like that, like you just said, like he just like, it fit and it made sense and it was a little bit of a risk and, and it just happened to be that way. But that was like, you know, one of the very few ones that we've gotten where it's just been like, Hell yeah, we got you right off the bat, you know? Like, yeah. we, we just got lucky with that. Yeah. Because I think everybody else was either planned out or kind of has just, like, been, like, recommended to to us. Yeah. You know, like, luckily, like, our other barber, Ryan, he ended up walking his dog and saw our barbershop. Nice. And he ended up, you know, he, we were we were friends with, with uh, acquaintances in Seattle. And he's oh, yeah, you told me about him. And his, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. he, he like our, our last two hires were the, were like the first time that we've ever had like anything like that happen. Yeah. Like, the interview process for like interviewing people was so awkward. And <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's something that I kind of like, I like YouTubing, like how to interview people like 10 minutes before an interview and like trying to put forth a professionalism that like Rosemont as a whole puts forth. But then I was like not doing it in certain aspects, like interviews and just, I was trying to be like the cool dad, you know, I was trying to be like too cool. It's like, not really like pushing hard questions and really getting to know somebody on a deeper level. And um, I've interviewed a lot of people over the last couple of months, not a lot, but decent amount. Good amount. Yeah. And you know, some of which obviously didn't work out and they, I just felt more comfortable doing it, especially ones that I had to do on the phone. Yeah. Um, like phone interviews. Cause I can like look at my notes and like, not like, even though I probably look nervous, they can't tell, you know? Yeah. So you're not raising your hand. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not talking like a hockey player, but yeah, like, they went pretty well. And you know, some, you know, especially one of the guys was just like, that's a really good question. And I kept like, maybe it was just trying to kiss my ass, but like complimenting my questions, but I really felt like the questions were great. Yeah. And I have like a bit of a syllabus kind of to go off of now of like, this is how I'm going to handle, this is how I'm going to find out this piece of information by asking this question instead yeah. of like being blunt and to the point. Sure. I might ask this question and see what kind of response they get and like follow up with this question. And, um, and then now I just, I do technical interviews a lot different. Um, and except for the last one, yeah, it's like, I'm still not perfect. It's like, there's things that I still just I'm like, Oh fuck, I should have done that. But, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. It's like some people like their job is interviewing people. Like it's what they do. They're a recruiter or like they're, they just do that. But like, they don't really prepare you for that. And like owning a barbershop, like interviewing people and like, you're just like, what? I don't know. It's just like a new skill set. There's like so many, like you, you wear all the hats, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that might be the reason why I'm, it seems like anxiety ridden or that it like can get to that point is yeah. because like, you know, if you do look at it and you're like, well, I have to cut hair like for four hours. And then I have this interview in the middle of the day and then I have to cut hair for another two hours. Yeah. And then when you like really think about it, it's like, oh, that's not really that big of a deal because if you weren't interviewing that person, you would have just been cutting hair still. Yeah. And it's like everything that comes with that. And I don't think it's like a bitch session. I think it just like, I think it just really opened my eyes as to like how much people that own something do as work. Yeah. And I think that I even told you like right after like six weeks into doing it, I was like, Derek, I'm so sorry for everything I said or did to you. <laughs> I mean, no it's one, like it really is like it's like a big deal to like interview someone and to like close the shop down and yeah. do six haircuts. Yeah, I mean, I think it took some of the guys at Rosemont like a long time to even start to understand it because now things are led with like I know you have a lot going on yeah. or 
but I need this. You know, and it's like, just at least, and and I appreciate that because at least it's just knowing that they acknowledge that, like, they're kind of adding to a big list of things, Mm -hmm. but they at least recognize that list instead of, like, being, like, a spoiled brat, you know? Yeah. Just greatly appreciated. But that's kind of one of the um, things. It's like, I just, people cannot really fully understand certain things about you unless they are a business owner. Mm -hmm. Like they just can't. I mean, you just said it. It was like, you like looking back, you're like, oh, all of like, and you know, you try not to bring it to the shop and like show all of this, like I'm fucking treading water or, um, you know, that you're just like freaked out, overwhelmed. Fucking mental breakdown. Yeah, right. (laughs) And you try to like be, you know, that leader that's like fearless and stuff like that. Strong. But, you know, People, I try, but I, I wear everything on my face, so like it's very obvious. Sure, I, I, I just can't not show it. It sucks. Um, it's not my favorite thing about myself. I have zero poker face as well. So I know. It's so bad. <laughs> but like, I've had conversations with. Um, there's a this these brothers. I think one of them is the owner, but the three brothers, the two other brothers, are going to help out a lot. This is really great tea spot um, up the street in this new development base camp. And I was just talking to the owner, and I was just like, dude. I mean, as close as you are to your family, like they're not going to understand exactly what you go through. And I felt like me and him having a conversation about how our significant others, our family, our best friends, nobody can really get it unless they open and like operate their own business. Mm -hmm. And just talking to him for like that 45 minutes, I felt like me and him felt closer than I feel to like a lot of people around me on one aspect, not everything, obviously, but it's like, there's this one thing that me and him have that I don't have with almost anyone else, except for a very select group of people like you and Nick and, you know, Scott Freeoff that I was texting with last night and like my buddy Tony that opened Woodward Barbers and, you know, if I talk to other owners, but it's a very, that's a very small group of people. Yeah. And there's just like, you just can't expect people to one, treat your business like it's their business, yep. and two, like understand fully the emotional, mental, and physical toll it takes. And I don't know, it's kind of. I mean, it's a lot, dude. Like, I think that you put up something uh, talking about a couple months ago, and I think it was like talking about your lady Holly, yeah. and just being like, "Hey, like, you know, just like a little bit, a little appreciation shout out." It really like that like resonated pretty like not like in a in a sense like man my fucking life changed reading that post but like it kind of gave me like a little jowl smack and like made me like take 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 a minute back. Relationships like, are so hard, dude. It's been like it was like not like we're healthy and we do well, yeah. But it's like really easy like to completely lose touch with someone that oh, you totally. lay next to. And like I told Leah that day after I read that I was like, listen, I'm sorry that you get the like short end of me. But I was like, it really is. Like, I really appreciate you because it is, dude. Like, you don't realize how much you isolate. Yeah. You just, like, yeah. push yourself. And this is not, like, I don't think that we're being, like, you know, poor me or poor us on anything. No. But it's just, like you said, like, you don't recognize it until it's yours. Like, I get, like, that, like, golem sensibility of, like, your are my precious. You know? Because <laughs> yeah. it really does. Like, even when you're not there and you know that everything is okay, it's, like, still you're, like, that's my thing. Like, yeah. That's my baby. Like, yeah. is it okay? Someone's babysitting and they're, like... Fuck, did I give them the, the number to 911? Yeah, like, <laughs> why are you freaking out? It's 911, idiot. But it's like, yeah. It's 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 hard. And I don't think it's like something, like you said, it, it is really just one of those things where when you own something that is like your heart and soul and like poured everything into it. Comes it comes above like everybody else, even yeah. like the closest people to you. And it's, you hope that eventually, you have to just recognize it and try to get above it. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, hopefully I can put myself in a place where I'm not doing this much work or spending this many hours or I'm this obsessed and then I can kind of like slowly kind of like put, you know, time and effort back into, you know, feel bad. My mom's like called and I was like, uh, I can't talk right now. What's up? She's like, oh, I just haven't heard your voice in a while. I'm like, fuck. I'm a <laughs> shitty family member. I'm a shitty boyfriend. I'm a shitty friend. I mean, it's like, you know, we'll, me and the guys will go out and grab a beer every once in a while. Sure. But like, you know, this, this is going to sound bad, but like I don't get invited to half the amount of shit I used to. And I think it's just because they know that I probably are going to have to say no. And I'm, you know, hopefully it doesn't come with like a negative tone of like, because I got to deal with this. But sometimes I like, I just, you know, can't help it. But it's just, I think they just know that like, I just haven't been as close to them on a friend level throughout all of this because I haven't had, I haven't been able to. I haven't like been there for them as friends. 
and I don't ask about them and what's going on in their lives nearly as much as I should. And it's made me a bad friend. It's made me a bad family member and significant other. And that was kind of like that post that I made um, was just kind of like the point of almost this podcast too. It was like, obviously you slightly resonated with it. And it's like, I think there just needs to be more people that talk about like how fun and how heartbreaking and how difficult all of this shit is. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It, 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 I was like, I'm writing this for me and for Holly, but I'm like definitely writing it too. So that like someone else out there might be like, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. Like yeah. this is, this is a thing, you know, cause no one talks about it. Well, I, I think that like, I think the reason why, why I, why I, it just was something I hadn't thought about. And yeah. then you kind of like take inventory on like yourself and the people in the shop and you're like, well, the shop's like fucking up here. Yeah. And then, you know, this is where my girlfriend and my soon to be wife is. Yeah. And here's where my friends are. Yeah. And like, where am I in yeah. that thing too? And so then you're like, have like all this like jumbled up shit. You're like, how come nobody understands like what's going on? But like, I, I think it just feels good to like let it out and like talk with like somebody who's in the same situation too. Because oh, yeah. like, like you said, dude, like now I don't feel so crazy. Like, I thought I was like the shittiest dude on earth for like disregarding friendships and I wasn't doing it on purpose. No. And I wasn't like, like it just saying happens. That, and it it just happens. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it, it is like you said, like it's one of those things that like, it's really cool and it's really crappy. Yeah. And you like hope that it like ends up being, you know, whatever. But, I, and, and like I, in, in retrospect, well, I wouldn't do it any different. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like have it any other way just because I fucking love it so much, but True. it is like, <laughs> I know. It's, there's been times where I'm like so obsessed with like networking and building a relationship with certain other people um, that it's kind of like high school. It's like, and all of your friends are like, what? You don't even know that guy. Why are you so obsessed with like wanting to be friends with him? Like, we're right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like so true. But again, it's because of business. It's because like I want to network with this person to get this either clarified or this out of it or to build this like business opportunity or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. You, you do just neglect everything around you. That's not good. Yeah. That's understandably. So though, I think that like, I think also we're really hard on ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, like it's easy to like, just pick yourself apart because you're sitting there thinking about all the other shit you have to do to you. And you're like, well, I'm shitty too. Kind of. Right. <laughs> like one thing is it's definitely like nothing's a race. It's like expanding too fast is something that like kills most every business, right? And that mm -hmm. was for me, obviously, with like adding the fifth chair and then adding provisions and then the cave company. It's like all of the shit. It's like I just like keep doing it to myself. All these things we just talked about. I just yeah. like keep adding, I keep making it worse instead of like just one thing at a time. But I'm just a psycho and I just have to do it. But like I said, expanding too fast like can crush. So like I've I've always been worried about that happening, yeah. but I've like been metering it. So I'm like, okay, it doesn't seem like it should be. Like I, I'm in a good place in that regard, but um, I don't know. There's times where I'm like, none of this is a race, but like because of society, it makes you feel like it is. Yeah. You know, like oh, the cake company. Like man, when am I going to come to market? Like what if there's another company that like comes out like a similar design or does sure. this or does that or like, you know, not that I give a shit about like if the, the podcast has any listeners or not, it's just more of a fun thing for me to record cool conversations with friends. But it, it's like, what if, you know, I'm not doing it. This is the time frame. It's like Instagram, for instance, it's a great example. It's like, dude, everyone that's famous in the barber world on Instagram, most of them will say the reason they're so big, like Andrew does hair has said this a thousand times is, be, and so is Manny Conrad is because they got into it at like the perfect time. They're like, what's this Instagram thing? Like, Oh, I'm going to give it a little, little, you know, try it out. And they're like, oh, I can post like photos of haircuts here. That's cool. Sure. And they just came in at this brilliant time and it helped like skyrocket their education and like parts of their career. Um, and that, which is awesome. But then it's like, if you're too late, now you're in the shuffle with everybody else and like building a social media presence or doing some of these other things. Like it's just one example of the many things, but like, yeah. it's fucking so frustrating that you, it's not a race. You can do these things whenever, but yeah. Because everything's changing and everything's like, it's all about viral and this and that. It's like, there's times where I'm like, this needs to get done, needs to get done now. It's like, but why? But why? Yeah, that's the question I <laughs> But it's like, <laughs> well, it's because you have to strike when the iron's hot. Like, is the yeah. iron even hot right now? But you, you just, you, society makes you feel like everything that you do 
you have to do it. If you have an idea, you have to execute it before someone else does. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. Like, it's not a race. It's a business. It takes years to grow and develop. But, like, I don't know. Have you, like, felt that way with, like, anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, with everything. Yeah. With, with everything. You know, like, with from painting the windows to, like, you know, what pictures we post and, like, how we do things. And, like, oh, if we don't do this, then, like, you know, this person's going to, like, we're going to have this person up our ass. And, like, you know, like, if this doesn't happen. And, like, I I think that, like, the best advice that, that I was given was by Billy Stump. Um, I think, did you cut hair with him at Proper at all? No, he worked at Gold Standard, right? Yeah, he worked at Gold um, Standard. From the Chicago Boy, right? Yeah. I know of him. I, I probably have met him in passing, but... I didn't work with him. He was just, you know, he just, he helped me out with a lot of, like, learning how to, like, you know, be like, all right, so you got to, like, write out your business proposal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, and all this stuff. And, and, and he said, you know, he's like, he's like, I've, he's like, I've, you know, helped build out a couple barbershops and, like, owned a couple as well. And, like, you know, I've been cutting hair for, like, 20 years. And, like, he was, like, the biggest thing that, that you can ever do is, like, let people get in your head and, like, be like, oh, well, what does he think about me? What does this do? Yeah. And then he's like... He's like the biggest thing that you can do is get wound up in that, and also trying to force your business too hard. Yeah. And he was like, "Let it happen. Like, yeah. Like let you shine through it instead of like being like, hey, look at these flashy lights. Look at this yeah. cool thing. And we got this shit here, you know. And like, there's a fucking water slide in the background, you know. And like all yeah. this shit. Like he's like, just let your barbershop grow with you. Yeah. And he's like, fuck the bullshit. It's like take care of the things that need to be taken care of, but just like let it go. Yeah. And I think that with hearing him just because he's like so sage with like the way that he says things you know and it's like he's almost like so sure of it that he's like matter of fact you know yeah. like yeah you'll be all right kid you know yeah. like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he just like he was one of those dudes that was like dude you just gotta let it grow by itself yeah and it'll and it'll happen he's like you'll shine through it yeah because he's like you're gonna get stressed out and you're gonna freak out and you're gonna want to do stupid shit and like act out on it he's like just let it go <laughs> I feel like that's how things grow organically and that's like the best way for them yep. to grow it's like anything that feels forced me it's hard Dude, when we when we were on uh, the news when they did we were doing the Australian benefit, yeah, and they interviewed me. Of course, you saw that. That was so embarrassing. Everyone's like, "You sound like a hockey player." I'm like, "Yeah," because fuck, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. So I was just like, "They're like, oh, so what are you doing today?" And I'm like, you know, uh, we're just uh, here, uh, just uh, getting getting some money together for our buddies in Australia's <laughs> wildfires. It's, it's so bad, you know. We're just trying to. Uh, and it's like if you just like inserted like getting pucks deep, heavy on the forecheck, and making goalies making big saves, it would have been like spot on an abs fucking interview. It was just like it was just embarrassing. And I like I watched it later. My eyes were I looked like I was fucking coked out. My eyes were bugging because I'm all nervous. And yeah. I just I you know I was like do I look at the camera? Do I look at the guy? Do yeah. I? This year's like Ricky Bobby. Like what do I do with my hands? It was so embarrassing. So anytime like anyone interviews me. That's like on camera or yeah. which luckily doesn't happen too often, but it every time there's been stuff like that, I just I like freeze and then I'm like, you have to talk. And I'm like, don't swear. Oh, we did a fucking three live segments with local Fox News and what's that guy's name, the anchor? Awesome. Dan something. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's a really he's dude, he was awesome. Like he makes he does a really good job of being like relax, like everything because he's yeah. a he's a wild kind of guy, but yeah. he definitely does a good job of like Trying to, like, if you've never done it before, calm down. And the whole time it's live. So I'm like, don't say fuck. Just don't say fuck the yeah. whole time. And I'm like, then he would ask me questions. And it was just, like, about, like, home grooming during COVID and the shutdown and everything. And then, of course, someone called in got upset that we were, like, five feet and not six feet apart and weren't wearing masks. But we're on, like, TV talking. So I was like, dude. And then, so then they called in. They got freaked, you know, they freaked out. And then Dan, of course, as smart as he is, put us, like, other ends of the room. So that we weren't even in frame. Yeah. And we were like shouting across the shop. And I was like, dude, I'm a smart ass. I love this idea. Like, I get it. Fuck Karen's. But like, this shit. Like, I don't want to get canceled for this shit. Yeah, you're like, I'm really awkward right now, yeah. bro. <laughs> then we did another one. And, yeah, we did like three seconds. And I luckily didn't swear. And I didn't get too crazy. It was my hands though. It was, we were just joking about it. Like, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. He's like, don't put your hands in your pocket. I was like. That's my first move. Yeah. And I was like, what else do I do with them? And, and then I was like. And if you put them like in front of you, it looks like you're grabbing your dick. You yeah. know, so you're like, well, they're coming behind me. I'm like, what do I squeeze my butt like cheeks? Yeah, a jerk like this. Yeah, too. he's like, don't put them in your pockets. Just like let them hang. And I'm like, I'm gonna look weird, dude. And I, I don't know. I felt like I was really weird, but then looking at it later, I was like, oh, I look like a normal person up there. But during it, yeah. I felt so uncomfortable and awkward, dude. I'm not. 
<laughs> you guys done any like interviews or any no, like, no, media no. stuff yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. But we haven't really had anything the big but dude, I know if it does ever come, I'm gonna be like, uh uh shit. The fuck Luckily you could be like, Nick, you do this. Yeah, Nick, help out Nick will be like, Yeah, you know, uh <laughs> shit. <laughs> For real. Oh, it's like I don't know, once you force some of those things, things get really tacky and cheesy very quick. Yeah. Or you start to notice before it's too late, like, oh, I just stole this person or this shop's idea. What yeah. the fuck? Because you're like, again, forcing it and you're not, it's not coming from a genuine place. It's coming from desperation. And like, when you do that, you're just like pulling shit from Well, yeah, you're anything. just grabbing straws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, so, I mean, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think that was something that luckily I came into it kind of like, maybe not put it in those words, but like, I felt that already. Yeah. Maybe not as well as like, Billy like put it into words, but mm-hmm. I was like, I think it was part of the expanding too fast thing too. Is just from from different avenues too, not like expanding this way or that way, but like that's one of the ways of expansion is just like forcing this and that. And it was how can we? It's always like how can we grow? How can we be better? But not like how can we get fame? It's like again, it's, it's about like the humble things. Like how can we grow? How can we give better service? How can we give better haircuts? How can we? improve the business how can we make the you know the brand more recognizable and you know not like how do we get famous how do we get well known how do we seek some of these like hollow fucking things that like really in the grand scheme of things don't mean shit over you know course of a lifetime and i think when you start forcing that's when you're whether you know it or not you're looking at all the shallow hollow shit like well how do we become like the best yeah like what the fuck is the best? The best for you? Or the best like, for like best barbershop that right. everyone just fucking called in for or like paid somebody to do? Yeah. <laughs> like not them specifically, but like any fucking magazine. Like how many times like have, have we known shops that like won this or that award? And I'm like, they fucking suck. And I hate saying that. There's a, an amazing barber scene here, but it's usually a lot of the corporate joints that, that win these things. Because yeah. they have the money to back it up. Sure. But like I could name a hundred independent shops or barbers in Denver that like deserve to win this award or that award but like never because they're just like humble little dudes yeah. gals like never get you know so I don't know that was like a whole fucking tirade no 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 <laughs> but I think I think I think it is it's cool that way though but I just like I mean like as far as like, I think that it's really cool to like stay consistent with what you believe in and what you push for and I like we were talking about like I think it just comes from there like once you give up being like I need like 3,000 Instagram followers on my barbershop yeah. and we need to have like a donation station for every single event yeah. and then like after a while it just gets exhausting and you can't keep up with it it's yeah. like stay your course and be what you are and like dude I, I agree like I think that a lot of our friends barbershops should win awards oh, yeah. and like should be more recognized but it's also like for me like to like see them it makes me happier to see them succeed without somebody yes, else yes yes and that's what i really think like yeah. all the people who we know like you know the guys who are like you know in the shops that we all hang out with and yeah. you know, people that we visit like they're doing really well in their respective fields but they're yeah. also you know like they're good at what they do and they follow where, where they're i don't know like like you said like you get you get lost in it but it is easy to like sorry in my eye just... <laughs> <laughs> well no it's like when you see somebody be build and be successful in an organic fashion it's like super awesome to see you know yeah. Like, fuck awards, fuck barber battles, fuck all that shit. But it's, once you're into it, then whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, right? It's just like, I don't know. It's, I would much rather see somebody succeed, like you said, kind of like, uh, almost on the DL, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, because then you know, you know the this, this shop and the work is speaking for itself. And it's not some like, you know, that, again, getting desperate to like, we need this recognition or that. And I, yeah, I even get caught up in that, you know? It's yeah. like. You know, you're trying, any business is trying to stand out from the rest of the pack in one way or another. Now, a lot of people do it the wrong way, and a lot of people do it, like, maliciously and shitty and shit talk, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a tight community here, and that's fucking awesome. And luckily, everybody kind of, like, stays trying to accomplish that. Like, we're going to, this is our lane, this is our vision, this is our kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of this, like, great collaborative thing where everybody's there for each other. But everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Sure. Instead of just kind of like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just like, the wrong way of going about it is like, shit-talking every other shop and, you know, 
just you know, there's so many shops that aren't in that community yep. because they've been exiled because mm-hmm. they do that shit. Yeah. I can name five off the top of my head yep. that fucked with other independent shops that were doing really well, but then, you know, Joe Schmo got fucking upset and was like, I'm going to, you know, do this or do that. And like, just like sending state board on people or, you know, all oh, this person's, you know, giving out free beers and called liquor enforcement on them. Like stupid shit. You know, it's yeah. like, that's happened from a very tight group of people and it's continued to always happen in Denver. And it's unfortunate because yeah. it's like, dude, support people, like lift them up. Don't. Yeah. If, if 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 they're like leaving you in the dust because and you guys are struggling, it, that's a you problem, not a them problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you go ask that owner? What do you guys do? How do you how did you get this much success this fast? How did sure. you do this? Like, what do you do for social media? Like, just ask them humbly, and they'll probably give you a good, honest answer. Dude. But if you fuck with them, they're never going to talk to you. And then what are you going to do? What when you're exiled? You can't Nothing. get back from that. No, and that's the thing. And like, I, 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 I like, I would rather. I tell Nick all the time. He's like, "How'd you end up talking to that dude?" Yeah, I play Hey Mister. He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, you know, when you like, you still like back in the day when you like hang out in front of the liquor store. You're like, "Hey Mister, <laughs> will you buy us whatever twenty four dollars will get you?" You know, like, dude, that's how I am now, man. Because yeah. like, I was like, all right, I know how to talk to people, and I know how to like do this. Yeah, and I can kind of cut hair. I need to really figure out how to be like more than kind of in a couple more areas. Oh yeah. And so like, that's like that on, on that end, I'm shameless. I'll be like, oh, yeah. you know, like if I you see you and, you and you're and, and like, let's say like, even if it's just like a haircut or like, like a demonstration of like a new tool that you use. And like, let's say I didn't know you, like I straight up would be like, yo, what's up, dude. I really like your shop. By the way, what fucking scissors were you cutting <laughs> with? They're like, how come you did this? Like, yeah. why did you do that? Like, why did you section that? And then like, you know, like that's like where that like, transfers off and like that's where like i've learned a lot of stuff and like gained friends and been like yo dude i don't know how to do this right now on your lunch break will you tell me what you do you know like shit like that like when you like yeah. people like that like i don't know like that's been like super humbling and also like really like made good friends oh totally. because i think that when you come to somebody and you're not like listen man i've got this fucking shop i know it's gonna be great yeah but uh there's a couple things, you know, I probably already know how to do it, but uh, if you could just, you know, maybe show, like, it doesn't get you anywhere. No. But, like, if you tell someone, like, honestly, straight up, like, dude, how do you do that slick back? Or, like, what did you do to, like, get your shop into this kind of a place or, like, this kind of condition? Or, like, yeah. what did you, what system did you use for, like, you know, like, how you charge people or whatever? Like, I had no idea how commission worked until I talked to you. Yeah. When it comes to, like, the, like, breakdown of everything, like, if you're doing it the way that you're doing it, you know, like. I think that that's like the best way to like become aware of yourself and like aware of your surroundings and oh, also yeah. be able to like respect other people. And I didn't know how to do that shit either until I talked to somebody else. It's yeah. like, I just, you know, you're saying like your biggest fear is to like sound stupid or to be stupid or I forgot how you worded it, but it's like, I'm so, when it comes to that type of shit, I'm like, like you said, shameless. Like I'll act stupid to gain some knowledge because I don't really give a fuck if someone's like, dude, that dude, how did he do that? He seems so stupid. Like, how did he ever like create this? It's like, because I ask questions like I'm stupid to get yeah. full answers. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid of being like, daddy, help me. It's like, yeah. fuck it. Like what? Cause of my ego, fuck my ego. Like yeah. I want to get better yeah. like, in 20 years. No one's going to know that I asked this person a pretty stupid question if there's any stupid questions, but that I asked them something that seemed very basic that I kind of already probably knew the answer to, or at least most of it. Yeah. But I was looking for their perspective. Sure. And that was something kind of like the first time that ever really clicked. It was getting tattooed by somebody. Um, I think it was Steve Byrne from Austin, but he's in Chicago. And Josh Armand, who did this huge, sweet reaper on my leg, was asking him questions that, I mean, I'm not a tattooer, but it was like, seemed very elementary to me. And I was like, dude, Josh is tattooing me tomorrow. Why is he asking Steve? Like, isn't Josh like a fucking legend? Like, that's, that's why I'm getting yeah. tattooed by him. Like, I know who he is. And, Blah blah blah, and um, got to a good buddy Frank, and I was like, "Why was Josh?" We ended up hanging out with Josh that next day, and I got to know him a little bit. Um, but he, you know, I was like, "Why is he asking such questions in front of like a huge group?" He was like, "Like not a convention, but like Great Lakes Tattoo always did these huge like walk up classics, and uh, that might have actually been like their opening party or like year anniversary bash or something big." But there's like, dude, some of the best tattooers from around the fucking world, dude, yeah, like came in for it. it was so sick. And I remember just like all these people are huddled around watching Steve tattoo me and Josh is asking these questions that I'm just like, I feel like an apprentice would ask these, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, yeah, because you want to know why Josh is good? Cause he asks every fucking question under the sun. He knows the answer 
and he probably has been tattooing longer than like everyone else in that room. Yeah. But he's going to act the dumbest to get the most out of it. And then tomorrow when he tattoos, he's better than he was today. And it was, he's like, he's just, he's super humble. He just doesn't really give a shit if someone's like, wait, because he knows his talent. He knows how good he is. Yeah. But he doesn't give a fuck about like making other people understand it. He's like, I'll let my work speak for itself. And I was, it was just like a weird, I just to see somebody so like, I don't know. In a vulnerable, like, kind of space, just kind of just being so, like, overly humble. And I was like, well, look at his success. Clearly that works. And it was, then I hung out with him the the next day after he tattooed me, got to know him a little better, just kind of his personality. and was like, oh, like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, he's not dumb. He's an amazing tattooer. He is a flat earther. But (laughs) (laughs) that came later, I think. Probably Believes in lizard people and shit too. Um, actually, I think he does. Big shots, lizard people. Oh, uh, fuck. It's probably QAnon and all that shit. But um, <laughs> he, yeah, it was, again, it was just this like level of humility that I've never really seen before. And I think it was like my mid or earlier mid 20s. You know, in your early mid 20s, you're cocky as shit. So I think it was kind of like a really big eye opener. And I, I took that experience and I got a cool tattoo out of it. But then I took that from that experience and that was like, always stays with me and it's always like a place to go back to like ground a little. Yeah. I tell that story all the fucking time because again, it's just being shameless. Just like if I don't know something fucking ask. Yeah. If Google won't tell you, ask a friend, like yeah. even fuck Google, ask a friend first. Like, yeah, I mean like that. And I, and I think that that's a healthy way of looking at stuff too. Cause then you don't get too haughty about you oh, know, yeah. what, what, you know, like honestly, like there's been a couple times where like people have been like, dude, that haircut's really cool. I noticed you were using this technique. Yeah. And it's like, what does that do? And then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like fuck it, uh, here's the deal. Yeah. So like, you know, like I've had that so on where, like, something, something like worked more than once. Yeah. And I just took it. Yeah. But then when you get asked, like those are like the moments and like, I know we keep coming back to the humble thing, like with, with everything. And I don't really think it's like, an, I think it's just kind of a constant reminder to yourself oh, yeah. to not be like, Oh, like, you know, like pop star can't stop, won't stop. Like yeah. how humble I am. <laughs> but like, you have to tell yourself like, remember that you're in about like three words away from saying something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if I kind of constantly remind myself and I don't think it's like, cause I'm pretty self deprecating when it comes down to it. Like I'm really hard on myself mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff, but I think that that allows me to like take the edge off. It's like having a drink for like your conscious, you know, like, yeah. like if you can allow yourself to be like goofy and a yeah. little kiddish, like it may come off like that and people might not take you as serious, yeah. but like your purpose is serious. Yeah. And it only matters to you in your life. And so that's totally cool. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> How do you care if that person, like, it comes off a little kiddish or comes off this or comes off that? Like, why do you give a shit about that person's opinion? And honestly, the people that I've acted like that, like, very green or immature, not immature, but, like, green or just inexperienced or, you know, whatever, um, and I've asked them those questions, they end up giving me way more information, turn out to be more of a mentor, and treat me with a level of respect and grace that I don't see them treat other people with. Yeah. And because they're fucking, that's why I go after those type of people yeah. because they take care of me because they know that the questions I'm asking might seem dumb to most people, but they know what I'm doing. Yeah. They know that I'm like sly like a fox and asking stupid questions and act, acting like I need all this help. But really I'm trying to see their perspective and trying to get like a good answer out of them. And I think they just respect the fact that like anybody just asks like a question or like is humble enough to just like be vulnerable. Like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. So, so many, especially barbers and hairdressers just try to act top shit and like that they know everything Yeah. and they'll never show an ounce of vulnerability. And I think when you do, you actually get better results. And if, yeah. if anyone treats you differently or worse because you acted that way, fuck them. Yeah. Never work with them. Yeah. And if they, fuck that person. you know, if they're the people that call you the next day and they're like, Hey, everything I explained last night makes sense. You need any more help. Those are the people that I'm going to, like, create long-term relationships with yeah. because that's, like, that's everything, so. Yeah, man, and I, I, I don't know, I, I guess, like, like that that's the, the main thing is, like, not feeling the, that way makes you feel like you have, like, a cohesiveness with something. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, like, I, I don't know, like, that 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 stuff, like, makes you help, helps you make better decisions as far as, like, business and in your life, and yeah. I, I don't know, like, I, I just, like, I, like you said, like, I like surrounding myself with people that are, like, like my 
trying to do like that. Like, oh, we don't like, I mean, like you and I haven't even seen eye to eye on everything. You know what I mean? Like we've had our moments where we're like, dude, fuck you. And like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. You know, like, <laughs> I'm good. It's a see you later, Diaz. But like, but like, I feel like when you do that, you respect that person more because also you see that they're human. Oh yeah. You know, and like you see that that person that you're or like, you know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or lizard people, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. But like that, that like makes me want to like work harder. Yeah. And try harder when I know that I'm in it with someone, even if I don't know them. You know, like yeah. I've made plenty of, of barber relationships through Instagram. Yeah. Where like we've like I've shared things with someone and they've like shared things with me. And that like even though I'm not like with them or hang out yeah. with them, you know, like there's a couple of barbers that I know, like in Florida, that I'm like, hey dude, like what do you think about this? Yeah. And it's been out of like that like mutual respect, like where we're like, like, how was your day? Like that's like how like most of it started. Like if you yeah. know somebody, like, oh, how's it how's the shop today? wild bro you know yeah like, you know like a fucking you know seven dudes streaked my shop and one dude took a poop on the front door you know you're like you share those moments that where you're like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you share those moments with somebody and then you like you know start trading stories and then all of a sudden you realize you're like dude this guy's really cool yeah or like this 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 person is an incredible barber and like an even better person yeah and so like that's like where like that like humility and like the like keeping your nose down but like treating people with respect yeah. and that's like I feel like people like some, sometimes you get walked on it's like yeah maybe but like I also have people that will like help me out and do anything for me yeah. because I've done anything for them and help them out because they're good people totally and so like that's like why I think like this friendship and like the people that we've known and like that I've grown in my barbering career yeah. it's been like you know halfway through yours mm -hmm. um, has been so important just like having that support and that like people that like even though there's people that are like ah oh, you're fucking dumb or like you're an idiot for starting this or doing yeah. this you know like you still have those good people that like you've also like seen their like struggles and like those parts that like hurt and then you can share that with them and then you're like but I'm also going to start a barbershop yeah Eric how do I do it <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm still figuring know. it I'm out. I'm still trying to fucking do this myself, bro. Well, speaking of that, what's um, what are some things you learned about opening a business that you thought you had figured out that you didn't at fucking all? Writing a business plan. Uh, writing a business yeah. plan was weird because I overshot it. Uh, I played dumb and thought that things were cheaper, but it also was it, the reason why it was hard was because I'm not a, I'm not a, like. I'm not the best at like doing that kind of stuff, but I'm not an idiot at it as well. You know, like mm -hmm. I manage bars and like, you know, I manage restaurants and, and shit like that. So like, I know how to do that. But I think that like during the pandemic with like everything changing and how expensive everything was, yeah. like that really, really like knocked our budget super hard. Yeah. Um, and everything being slowed down with, between our Belmonts being sent out, you know, like, yeah. like all of the stuff that we had like priced out before like COVID had really like taken everything out was yeah. like super cheap and like it was and now I mean like you know a bottle of barbicide is like twenty five bucks if you want it now. Yeah. You know, like you have to get a sixty four ounce barbicide from, from Salon Centric for yeah. twenty four ninety five or it's whatever. Fucking it is. Crazy. And so like I think that, that was really really hard. Um what was the question again? What was the worst? No, what what things did you learn opening a business that you thought you had figured out? That you did like things that like you thought would be a no-brainer like this is how this works right yeah. like i don't know i'm trying to think of an example but like i don't know i can't i can't fathom how i just can't think of four off the top of my head because it's like literally like it happens daily like things yeah. that you're like this is how this works without a doubt and it doesn't work that way at fucking it doesn't go that way at all yeah you know i think that like with I don't know. Like, I, I think that like the, the, it's like stupid to say, but like, it's just harder than it looks. You yeah. Know? Cause I think, I think that like the big mistake with, with my barbering that I did was like, I was like, well, I've been in barbershops for three, three or four years now. And like, I can like figure out the ins and outs of it. Yeah. But like, it was just like definitely not making enough time for myself and allowing myself to like do what I needed to do. That was really hard yeah. because I thought it was going to be easy to work and to do it. Yeah. And then like, I think that like, I think that I would have taken more time to just like, just do the shop and, yeah. and not, and not try to be like, I want to make money right now. And I want to do this. Yeah. Like, I think that that was like our big thing was like biting off more than we could chew Yeah, because it just looks so simple. And I think that is the thing is it's just really deceiving and there's a lot more to yeah. it than you think. Like, even if you make a list of like all the product and the supplies that you need, yeah. like when we made our thing for our paint, we didn't realize that like our ceilings were going to be 13 feet high. And yeah. we were, instead of being in a 900 square foot place, 
we're in a freaking like almost 2,000 foot square space. Yeah. So like we were like, fuck it, this won't be so bad. But we didn't really like have any foresight into like being like, this place is triple the size of that place. Yeah. And you're going to have four more barbers than you thought you were going to have. Yeah. And you know, like all this stuff. So like, I think that like my big mistake was just like not like going in a little too cavalier. Yeah. I mean, you have to on some level, right? But yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. There was like something I thought of that was like, fuck that happened. And I totally forgot what it was as you were talking, but it, <laughs> it happens with like so much shit that yeah. you're just like, these are the things I like, I don't know a lot about that I have to worry about. And these are things that like, I know very well. And then you get into it and you're like, fuck i don't know any of it like even thought even the things that i thought i knew right yeah are just like i don't know like when you become an owner are just totally different but uh yeah like it's kind of like the same question but like what surprised you about opening a business what surprised me because there's like so much right yeah i mean there's so much like honestly i can't even believe that people are still coming to our shop and it's not because we're it's not because we're we're fucking horrible it's just, it's one of those things that you don't really, like, you go in kind of trying to be open-minded about stuff, and you don't really realize, like, I guess it just, like, I think that that was, it surprised me that, like, people thought that highly of us as far as, like, what our product was and how hard we work. Like, people have recognized that mm-hmm. and, like, been, like, very kind. And, like, because I think it's easy to, like, be surprised by bad stuff, but I think, like, if anybody from any other barbershop if you like were to say the like normal things, mm-hmm. they'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, you still always have the like the negative stuff. Like, yeah. I think I was very surprised at like how long it took to, to, to get in there and like how many people weren't available to work in that short amount of time where we were like, we yeah. don't have this. Yeah. And it wasn't any, a dog on anybody at all. Yeah. It was just one of those things where like, you just realize that like now you are like providing somewhere for someone to work. So in essence, that means like, you have a lot more responsibility and you have to have like the ability to be like, yeah, like you're going to be safe here. Yeah. Or like, this is what we provide. But I think that like the surprising thing were like really like, were more positive things mm-hmm. and just like how we were accepted and how well, like the people that we have working in our shop by all intents and purposes shouldn't really be friends. Yeah. You know, as far as like, if you were to take one look and be like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, like, <laughs> but like, it's just been really surprising how like people from different, from Seattle, yeah. from Manhattan, yeah. from uh, Kentucky, from Wisconsin, and from Colorado and Mexico. Yeah. You know, like, I was really surprised that, like, dudes that grew up in completely other parts of the world yeah. ended up coming together and bonding so cohesively with each other and, like, it making sense to the yeah. point where people are like, fuck yeah, we want to be around you guys. You know, like, yeah. a big thing that, like, a lot of, like, positive feedback that we were like, we really, really like the atmosphere in your shop. Yeah. And that team's like so important. I was like, man, this is a bunch of fucking assholes and I like to fucking rib every once in a while, you know? Right. Totally. <laughs> and so like I'm really surprised that like a lot of like very strong personalities are doing so well together. Yeah. That was a really big surprise. Um, I'm also just really surprised at how expensive it is to run a barbershop. Yeah. Like I was really thought that like our, our numbers were like dialed in and like what yeah. I thought was gonna be like I was like, we're gonna go under budget. Yeah. And now I'm like we are fucking way over budget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially like too over the last like few months, I've spent a ton of money. Like I got a big bad accountant and gotten like I uh, trademarked everything um, for the Cape Company and for Rosemont and everything, every like logo, every tagline, slogan, brand name, you name it, and. Dude, lawyers are expensive as fuck. Oh, I'm sure. And man. like, again, these are things that kind of pre-recording that we were talking about was like the just some shops and barbers not really protecting themselves, mm-hmm. and um, it's just so fucking important. And I was like, if, if you your shop and your brand takes itself serious, you have to protect yourself. And there's a lot of money that comes with that, mm-hmm. not only insurance and liability and all that shit, but then. Things like trademarking yourself, making sure you don't get ripped off. Like, yeah. it's just fucking, I mean, it's happened to two shops in the Boulder and Denver area in the last few years. Like, Truman had that issue. Now, Rollins, they, somebody, like, came after them because I guess there was, like, a Truman in New York or something. Oh, wow. But they didn't know, it's not like they took their idea or name. They just were like, 
did I think I do something with like a boot company that a friend owned or something? I don't know. But the other one was a barbershop in like small barbershop or something like that somewhere in New York. And they're like, send them a cease and assist, and they have trademarks on their name. Yeah. And Truman here was like, fuck. And they changed it to Rollins, which is also a great name. And then oh, they like getting tagged on that as well. Well, no, I think Rollins is like totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like, um, and I'm and having a barber Bob theory. Theory just had that happen, didn't they? Which yeah, and. You know, I talked to John a little bit, and I don't know a ton about trademarking. I've learned a little bit going through the process. Um, I did one trademark, or I did all my trademarks through actually their same, the people they went through um, for trademarking. And then I did, like, on trademark engines, some, like, online thing that sure. I used for, like, our slogan. I was like, if this doesn't work, then I'm out a little bit of money. Fuck it. But sure. it's way cheaper than a lawyer. And, uh, which I think it works. I don't know. Someone can just steal our shit, and we'll see. We'll see if I sue you or not. No, but um, <laughs> having a barber theory, it's yes. unfortunate because they are in Canada. And oh, that's right. from, that's from what Toronto I know, like that, right? yeah, from what I know about that trademark engine website, is I could be wrong. So somebody, please fact check me. But like, I think you can buy obviously America, you know, trademark, and then you can buy an internet, a smaller international package that's Canada, the UK, and Mexico. And then the EU is its own package. Again, could be very wrong on that. And then after that, I believe each country is individual. And so if you think about doing like, I've heard trademark in China is almost impossible. And then you're thinking about doing, you know, Japan and you know, Australia and all the other fucking countries in the world. <laughs> yeah. wow. That it's like, how, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's impossible to trademark something like that everywhere, right? Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate that this shop in, I think it's Toronto, yeah. had a like, dude, even the outside looks the same. Even yeah. the fucking, their like logo, not, well, their logo, yeah, looks similar, but then even like their one photo, uh, the plants and stuff plants is like just like, like yeah. barber. It's just like, you didn't just think of all of those things combined. And it was happened to be accidentally the same exact concept sure. of Eric and John. Like, shut up. There's no fucking way. Yeah. So that's, that's super unfortunate that happened. And that's why I trademarked everything. And like, I think, when, you know, talking about how expensive things are, these are things that like other people don't understand how much money yeah. you, like, you know, they just, like clients think this and, and they borrowers think this, well, you own a shop, you must make all this money. You're like, no, that money goes to like a lot of other things that like, Nobody talks about. Why would I talk about trademarking with you guys? You know, it's like, yeah. sorry, it was like business owner friends see like where they went and got their trademarking done. But like, why would, you know, it's not something that comes up in conversation. So it's like. That it's, will, that will, that will be my top. That will be one of my top surprises was, was just how hard it is to brand yourself. Yeah. Um, my brother, uh, Andy branded us and he went through a whole process of doing the yeah. The whole thing and I mean you know when he came to me and he was like we were like drawing stuff up and like you know throwing some ideas around and we actually had to change our name um once just because it was just a a fucking mess oh dude okay was, we gotta talk about that because I have a similar situation <laughs> and in this day and age if I named it that if I named Rosemont what I was kind of thinking was like on the table we would have been cancelled yeah not that it was offensive okay now I gotta tell the story sorry no, no, go ahead. So I was like trying to, you know, trying to paint homage to Chicago and like something two syllables, good logo opportunities and something that obviously hadn't really been taken. And so I was going down the blue line in Chicago because I lived off the blue line. And, you know, I was going, you know, Belmont Barbershop is already an amazing barbershop in Chicago. Um, I was like trying to think like, that is a barbershop, and I'm sure, which I'm sure that is somewhere in Chicago. But I was like, diversity barbershop. And, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, division bar, like just going down the blue yeah, line towards sure. And I think I was at Addison or Cumberland or something. I skipped a couple ahead and just like Rosemont popped in before the others. I was like, oh shit, that's it. But then I was like, well, what about blue line barbershop? Yeah. And now with everything going on, that would have been a horrible idea. But it had nothing to do with fucking cops. It was all about just like the blue line Chicago CTA. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it until my friend Jack was like, I told him that story about you know, like how I came up with the name, and I was like, you know, my dad hates. I told dad, I told my dad about Rosemont. I hate it. Rosemont's a shitty shopping center in Chicago. It sucks. I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, no one in Denver is really gonna know that like Rosemont, Illinois, kind of sucks. You know, it's cool, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so then, 
he liked Blue Line Barbershop a lot. And holy shit, if that, if we did go through with that, everything that's happened in the last two years, everyone would have been like, they're a cop shop. And I ne- I still didn't even think about it, even through all this shit. Right. Until Jack was like, that wouldn't have been good. And I was like, why? I mean, I don't like the name, but like, well, you, he's like, everyone's going to like thin, lo- thin blue line barbershop. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit. You know, I was like, oh my God, I inadvertently dodged the biggest bullet. And like, luckily I don't think Rosemont can be offensive, knock on wood, <laughs> in any way, shape or form, but that would have been bad. Yeah. Like, I would have had to change my fucking name. And like, that would not have been, because even though it had nothing to do with that, it would have been perceived that way no matter what. So. Yeah. We, we had like, we, we were, I mean, like, it's kind of fucking embarrassing. Like, like when you're saying the blue line, you're like, you didn't even put the like fucking two and two together. Totally. Like ours was, was started out of like, when we just were like dicking around with like the yeah. idea of like, being like, yeah, let's do it, bro. Yeah. Like I was like trying to think of some shit, like being like, Nick, like, what do we want to do? Like for the name? We were like trying to like stay like grasp like 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 the like in the the frame of where we're at and what mm-hmm. works with us because like I feel like I feel like Fortune Cat kind of has this, just like this 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 persona of people that work there and we are a certain group of people and I wanted that to like I was really proud of that yeah I was really proud of like what Nick and I are and like what my friends and like the people in my barber community that I'm like very close to like what was like. It, like, started out with good intent, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, And we were, like, yeah, like, what do we, like, you know, what do we have? Like, and we were, like, talking about, like, you know, all of our friends that we've all grown up with, like, we've always been punk rockers. We've yeah. always been, like, dudes that are into, like, underground hip-hop and, like, heavy metal. Yeah. And, like, we all fucking skateboarded. We all, like, you know, we were just, like, kind of assholes, but we, yeah. like, did our own thing. And it was, like, our loving group of assholes, yeah, yeah, you know? And, like, we were talking about it. We are like, oh, shit. Like, we all wore black shirts. I just remember, like, always being in school. Yeah. And, like, knowing which kid was, like, listening to the Smiths. Totally. You know? Yeah. Like, knowing which kid, like, listens to fucking Pantera. You yeah. know? You're like, oh, that fucking guy right there. Hell yeah, dude. Like, I'm going with the guys that smoke real cigarettes. And wear black <laughs> shirts. <laughs> you know? And so, like, we were, like, black shirts. Like, that's what unites us. Like, that's, yeah. like, what we always knew and, like, what we always wore. And we were like, Blackshirt Barbershop, that's going to be fucking incredible. Yeah. And, like, I even ran it by some people that, like, are on the woke meter. Yeah. Of, like, you know, like, yeah. these people wouldn't harm a banana. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, like, very, very aware people. And they're like, that's such a fucking great name. Yeah. But Blackshirt Brewery in Denver. Yeah. And, like, that was the thing that we, like, we that was what, what started the catalyst of, like, yeah. problems. Was we're like, fucking Blackshirt Brewery. So we emailed them. Yeah. And... The guy's like, I don't really know what to tell you, man. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever. And they're like, well, who do we talk to to make sure we don't have any problems? Or like, step on toes or anything. Yeah, stuff. exactly. You know, and so we sent him some emails, and then we just never heard back from him. And yeah. we're like, we called, and like, so he talked to somebody, like, dude, we never got your email. Weird. You know, like, I was like, well, I'll send it again. But like, yeah. not, not closely thereafter, you know, when I was like talking to somebody about it, I was like, yeah, this is the name that I really like. And they were like, please don't name it that. I was like, yeah. why, dude? Like, it's yeah. like the most, like, in the it middle. Makes thing. Sense, like, it makes right? sense, yeah. you know? And he's like, listen, man, I don't want to, like, shit on your fucking parade, but, like, you, like, have, like, a very extensive, like, knowledge of, like, Europe, mostly Italy. And I was like, I mean, I'm not a scholar, but what's up? And he's yeah. like, well, he's like, there was, like, a really, really gnarly, like, similar, like, to the, like, SS and the Gestapo group in Italy. And they were named the Black Shirts. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I almost thought he was fucking with yeah. me. You know, like, I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. And he's like, no, I'm dead serious. And then he kind of just left it at that. And he's like, go look it up. And I was like, oh, God, damn, This is going to be good. Yeah. And then, we, so I brought it to my brother. Yeah. Who was doing our branding. And he was like, yo, what's going on with this? And I told him. So we looked it up. And it definitely was like... Oh, like Mussolini, like yeah. very, very, very like nasty ass organization. Fuck. So that's how like we were like sh- that was our first like get out of yeah. here, dude. You know, so we're like, what are we gonna name this freaking shop? Yeah. And that's how we came up with Fortune Cat. Was we're like, what are we gonna do, dude? And like my great grandfather was like my inspiration. Yeah. Life. Like I love the man. Yeah. Like everything that I basically am as like far as like a man like that has grown up and been taught things was taught by like three people: my mentor Greg, my dad, and yeah. my great grandfather. Pete. Yeah. 
he was my idol and I was like trying to think of like things that like he had like things that I remember yeah. you know, he worked on TVs and he had a TV repair shop and I was like holy shit he had a TV repair shop what did he have in there that was awesome yeah but there's all kinds of hokey like uh, soldering irons you know like yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah. all this weird shit he had this one lucky cat that sat next to him. He had this this shed. It wasn't a shed. It was a garage. And he built on another room. And it was his TV repair shop that he had. Okay. And the front door was separate from the house and the garage. that people mm-hmm. would come in. And when you'd walk in, you know, it just smelled like freaking Drakkar Noir, Brute, whatever my yeah. grandpa wore, you know, like yeah. cigarettes. And then he had this one ashtray with a fortune cat. It was a little one. Yeah. I just sat by the window and it waved and I was like, that was always so cool and I never understood why he had it. Like, it was like the one decoration yeah. he had. You know, and he'd always like joke around and he'd flick the, the, the wrist when he'd walk yeah. in. like, hey kitty! You know, yeah. like he'd hit it and it'd start waving again and then that's how we came up with it. I was like, nice. My grandpa Pete yeah. had a fortune cat in his thing and we're like, I told it to Nick and Nick was like, yeah, that's good. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice too because I feel like it's it's so unique that it's not, like you, you didn't you probably Google to see if there was another oh, fortune yeah. cat out there, and there luckily probably obviously was not. And think, it's like I think the the closest we got was somewhere in Europe, and I think they were called the luckiest cat or lucky cat. Oh yeah. But uh, it's like you know, and like our our meeting like wasn't even like to be like we were mostly just like joking around about like yeah. wizard cats and like you know like we were <laughs> like yeah thundercats and wizard cats and that's how we ended up coming up with fortune cat. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't know if I have any other cool questions. Cool. That was pretty, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was exhausting in a good way. Yeah. I'm glad I got the actual story about, uh, the name, like the full story. Yeah. Because, I mean, last we kind of talked about it was like, uh, it was the black shirt thing. And I'm, I mean, between you and me, I was like so glad. It makes sense. But I think Forge Cat is so much more unique and cool. Yeah. Like black shirt is like, again, there's Black Shirt Brewery and there's like, there's black, I think there's, it's a black collar or something like that barbershop in Toronto and they're really cool. It just, I wanted you guys to do something as unique as the two of you are. Yeah. You and know? I think, I think, we're also, special little friends. Yeah. Well, I think also we were like <laughs> kind of like boxing ourselves in with just like sticking with like what we were like very like staunch, like yeah. all black, like all this stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I wear black every day, but like, for me, like the shop and the colors and the name are more welcoming to like newer yeah. people who don't know us, don't know the persona of like what we carry with ourselves and that yeah. we just do wear all black all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's, I think our colors and like our branding and everything. Yes. Like, it's more, it's like the happier side of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it brings, it's less like, whatever man, like fucking ever go to the, Well, yeah, you know, I think like, it makes people fit, like, it has this bit of, because for instance, like we had a lot of clients that were like, oh, we're Nick and Jesse. I'm like, oh, well, just hold on. And um, they're like, oh, what's what's their shop called? And I told, you know, I tell them Fortune Cat, and they're like, like you can tell her that there's that moment of like, what? Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, like it's like, huh? But it it's it's thought provoking, like not over, like you know, it's not like some like super overly deep thing. It's a it's a beautiful family story, but it's like, you know, but it's it's again, it's 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 different. It's unique. It's something like that. It's not every other fucking shop name. It's not like, you know, I was almost at Pete's, which is my dear friend Pete's Barbershop. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I mean, I mean like a name in a shop, you know, like, there's, I mean, any, anyone I whip out right now, I'm going to offend somebody because everyone's name is a shop. But like, yeah, it's Barbershop. It's like, yeah, those are cool. It's like, it's very classic, you know, it's very like traditional in that regard and that's cool. But I don't, I like when people are like, I don't get it. I'm like, that's why it's awesome. That's why it's awesome. Yeah. Because it's like, it's personal, but it rolls off the tongue well and it's different and it's like, why would they, I want to go there because now it's like this weird, like I don't get it and it, it almost makes people I think want to like check it out because it's just different, you know, and if you're offering something different then like fuck yeah, it's like the whole point, right? I mean, it's, I think it's, I think it has, it's, I think the reason why, why, you know, Rosemont is so like, like how beautiful it is is also like, then I don't say this to be corny, you guys are my friends so I'll obviously like fucking pump your tires. I am paying you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Derek, Derek Lynch, right? <laughs> um, no, I think that like the the cool thing is is that it has like so like you know when you see your guys, you guys are all you know you're covered in tattoos or you do whatever on your own. But I think it's really cool that aspect of like how goofy you guys are and how good you are at your job, but also that you are kind of look cool and like you do have all this cool shit. But like with a name like Rosemont, 
it's like, oh, you know, because like people that don't know you guys are like, where the fuck is that? Like, what does yeah. that even mean? Yeah. Like every guy that was new that sat in my chair when I cut hair there was like, what is it? I'm like, figure it out, bro. Look it up. You know, like, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, I'm like, well, they're all from Chicago, you know, like yeah. Derek is from Chicago. Yeah. Like, and it's like an homage to his hometown. And he's like, well, and like, and then the guys that were in Chicago were like, eh, just a shitty neighborhood in fucking it's, Illinois. It's so true. But the thing is, is like, it still had people talking. Like well, every single person that sat in my chair there was always like, so what's the deal behind Rosemont? Like, well, it's like mission accomplished. We had so many people that, you know, obviously there's a lot of people from the Midwest that move out here. And we've had so many clients that are like, kind of gave us a shot or checked it out because they moved from Chicago and they were like, Rosemont, like, what if these motherfuckers are from Chicago? And then they would just ask like, hey, what are you guys from Chicago? Or they read my bio on the website or something like that. And like they wanted to come in more so because it was like Chicago, a Chicago dude owns it. And then like Brennan's from Chicago, born and raised. And, sure. You know, Aaron's from the Midwest and, you know, Michigan. And it was just like, I don't know. It, it, even though Rosemont itself sucks, there was that homage and people are like, oh, dude, it'll be like going back home for a haircut. You know what I mean? Like, I bet you they have that, like, there's a bit of Chicago influence in here and there is. It's just subtle. It's not like we're trying to be obnoxious and, you know, corny about it. Yeah, but Chicago people are. <laughs> we're angels. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. And that's exactly like, was one of the many reasons why I thought like doing that would be a good idea. So kind of named it anything, but I wanted something like Chicago related, but yeah. not corny, you know. And again, if people don't know what it is, it's just like it sounds cool and it's great logo opportunity. It's sure. a love shit with roses, roses in it, and most importantly, no one else had it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're and to speak on kind of what you were saying earlier, like we're professional when we need to be, and we're total goofballs when we need to be. Yep. And it's like when it comes to the service and it comes to our technical abilities and stuff like that. We're serious as a heart attack, but I mean, you've worked with us. Like I'm sure it's the same thing at fortune cat. Like there's a lot of dick and fart jokes. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, my whole thing is like, I feel like guys, you know, they want to be taken serious. So on that regard, we take them very serious. Yeah, for sure. But then I think they want to get away from work. They want to get away from, you know, their partner, sniffing other, you know, kids if they have them family, you know, seriousness of, like, their day. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't give a fuck how old somebody is. There's, there's still got to be a kid at heart. You know, still a little bit of Peter Pan on all of us, right? Who doesn't want to talk like, about dicks for a little bit? I know, right? <laughs> so it's, like, it's just fucking funny. It's, like, yep. and it's just, like, everyone leaves with a good laugh. And, you know, there's some people that, you know, you can kind of read the room that are kind of, like, at first a little, like, what? And then, yeah. like, you're, you're, like, I'll work you, dude. Yeah. I'll, I'll Dutch rudder your humor a little. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they're like, like rolling on the floor laughing. And you're like, dude, you just like, just let it go. It's like, you can laugh at a dick joke. Like yeah. you can like, just have, have a, have a laugh at the guys, you know? Yeah. And there's not a lot, especially during COVID. It's been so serious. And so just like, just everyone's on edge mm-hmm. to like come in and just like be with a group, whether you play beer league hockey or you don't, or, you know, it's like you do some sort of like, I think it's like the barbershop and that's how it should be. It's like the center of the community in a lot of ways. And like the original like networking place mm-hmm. or like central hub for that. And it's just, I don't know. It's kind of fun that people, you, you want to create a space where people can just come and laugh and take a load off and feel better and like feel better than when they came in. That's the whole point of it. Right. Sure. Physically and, and mentally and emotionally. Like, yeah, let some stuff go through laughter and like have a good time, feel taken care of, like mm-hmm. not have to like, overthink you know everything going on with their haircut like just let a true professional take care of them and um i'm glad that like guys these days give a shit about that kind of stuff yeah and it's nice to be able to facilitate that because i don't know make people laugh is like fun as shit you know i mean i'm glad i didn't become a comedian but because probably because i hate public speaking but detrimental to (laughs) self-esteem it's like we're all a bunch of funny assholes you know what i mean like dude aaron usually has people like in stitches Brendan, he's like, dude, that dude, he strikes like a cobra with his jokes. He's like yeah. all quiet. He'll be like waiting, 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 waiting. And there's like a subtle pause. And then it's like a punchline that is just like so out punch. of left field. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then Izzy, of course, makes like the most fucked up mom joke ever. And it's so funny. Yeah. And like, you know, the clients are in on it. We had, dude, we were all crying in laughter because one of my clients brought up, it's like a she shed, but a jack shack. Yeah. And like, 
I mentioned it to another client like a day later, and the whole shop was like raffle waffling all over the place because yeah. we were just like dying over the idea of like having a fucking jack shack in the backyard that you go and just like whack off in. And then we're like, late. every time I see the guy, I, I make a joke about, like, less, he, he was 10 minutes late for his last appointment. I go, oh, the jack shack fucking take you yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, you get just sucked in the black hole of the jack shack. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you could, you know, pry yourself away. And yep. dude, it's like, he started the haircut busting out in laughter. Yeah. It was just, you know, it's, there's not a lot of things where guys and gals can go you know, I worked in salons for a very long time, like really high innovative salons in downtown Chicago and Gold Coast and Bucktown. And I never, I don't know that I laughed unless it was in the back room and it was something mildly funny, but I didn't laugh on the floor. Yeah. I don't know that I even smiled on the floor. I didn't have a good time. If I had, you know, there was days I had like mostly men's clients because I just had a really strong men's clientele. You know, we could have a couple jokes and stuff, but it's, it's so stuffy. Yeah, most of my men clients were like, just feel, I don't feel like that comfortable in here. Yeah. Like, just, like, really letting loose and just, like, having a good laugh and, you know, stuff like that. You know, they tell me later on, my wife goes here, so I started going here. And then, like, goes, you're great. So I come to you, but, like, if you didn't work here, like, I wouldn't, like, continue to come here. Yeah. Now. And it's, I don't know, barbershops are fun. It's, it's, it's been fun to, like, kind of mix, like, your own vision of what is professional to you and then what is, like, how can you sprinkle in a little bit of fun? You know? Yeah. Like... You don't I, want it too too stuffy. You no, know? and you don't want like I mean like I have a bad habit of running my mouth, but like in a fun way, you know. But like sometimes like I, I think that like that's been like that has been like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, but that is like honestly like I I think Nick and I were talking about it, like being in the barbershop, like being at Rosemont and being at Fortune Cap have been like the two times where we've like felt ourselves the most because it's just been a comfortable environment where we know what's expected yeah, and we know what we were hired, why we were hired. You know, like I think that that's like a really cool thing when you're like, you know what what, what you're doing and how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And then when you can accomplish that and have fun, yeah. that's been the, the the happy part of it that's yeah. been like the cool thing about it been like yeah we can cut it up still because most of the time it's just been like being at floyd's like cracking dirty jokes yeah it doesn't really matter because you're never going to see that person again so yeah. you never learn to like gauge or read the room with with everything like fucking get out of here i don't care yeah everyone just thinks you're fucking weird as shit yeah exactly They're like this fucking guy but uh but or they come to accept your weirdness this is true yeah. but i think that it's cool to have a place that accepts your weirdness right off the bat oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit man well cool that was a good one. That was a good one. Are we done? Um, yeah. Should probably do a, a signing off moment. Yeah. I don't know I don't, how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Either. Sexy radio voice. NPR voice. You got your, like, your mouth like on the microphone. Like, that was so much fun. Jackson. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the hour with Derek Lynch from Rosemont Barbershop. This is Jesse Diaz from Fortune Cat Barbershop signing off. Big shout to all our mad, crazy clients. And that's all we got. Have a sweet <laughs> <owner>. <laughs> no dicks behind the ears anymore.